As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Welcome back to the show, Built to Last. I have the incredible Michelle Vroom with us today. What's up, Michelle? Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So excited to dive into this conversation with you. So if you will fill our listeners in on a little bit about your background, you play quite a few roles in your life uh, as a as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner. So fill us yeah. in on what that looks like and tell us a bit about your business. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a business coach who helps women get to 10K months using their Facebook group. Um, I have been in business for just shy of six years. And when I started my business, I had my oldest was six months old. So I've always had a child like in the background while running a business. I don't know any different. Um, I started my business purely because I wanted to still have a career, but also be there, you know, with, with my, with my baby at home. And, um, that's what led to me leaving my corporate job. It was a fairly like cushy corporate job. I was, you know, the breadwinner of the family and decided to take that leap of faith that we've all done and start my business with a six month old at home. Why not? And so over the years, you know, my business has evolved. I didn't start out doing coaching. I now obviously am a coach, but, um, not only has my, has my business evolved, but my family has evolved. So I've added two more boys to the mix. So I have three boys. I am truly a boy mom, including the last one being a pandemic baby. And um, I also, you know, am a wife, right? I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a multiple six-figure business owner. I have a team that I support. Um, I have clients that I support. And so I do wear a lot of hats. Um, There are a lot of people who I feel responsible for. And while it's an absolutely amazing thing, I would never be where I am in life without my business. It can also be very challenging. And I think it's important to kind of talk about both because a lot of people paint this picture of like, it has to look easy and perfect. And, you know, we're doing all of this amazing stuff, but no one really talks about kind of what goes into that. Oh, good. I love that topic. Mm -hmm. So we will dive into that. Mm -hmm. I too started my first coaching business, which was back in 2011, 12 and 13 when our daughter was, she was around six months old too. So just like you, I don't know business any other way, except being a mom and a wife at the same time. I was schlepping her to in-person networking events and would sit in her little car seat. I was speaking at events. Thank goodness. She was like quiet enough to be able to do that. So I totally get what it's like to build with, you know, in those early stages, when you have a baby, that you're also raising for the for the very first time. Like, let's right. not- I'm learning how to be a mom and a business owner, which is, it's wild. I mean, when I look back, I'm like, man, I can't believe like I hustled on maternity leave to get clients so that I could leave my corporate job when I got back from maternity leave. Like that's what my first maternity leave looked like. <laughs> and I mean, it was, they, they were challenging days, but at the same time, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to kind of make that happen, right? Like make my dream happen. And I just think that we're capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And I remind myself of that like every day. Yeah. So you've gone through a lot of different life growth. Yes. 
seasons, business growth seasons. Oh yes. What have been, what have been like your easiest seasons in your business and what have been your hardest seasons Mm -hmm. in your business? Yeah, it's funny. Usually the easy seasons of business and the easy seasons of life don't mesh up like, or match up, I should say. It's usually like business is an easier season and life is a harder season. Um, so, you know, I think early on, like, I guess, I guess that, I guess at the beginning of my business, there were two hard seasons because I was learning how to be a mom and, and running my business. But then as I got kind of acclimated into the mom, you know, got more comfortable, I guess, becoming a mom. That's when I was really like challenged with some business things that happened early on that were really tough seasons, like a year into business, losing three clients in one day, which was pretty much my entire client base. And so there were some challenges there. So I think early on, um, it was hard in on both fronts. Then it became a little easier on the life front and became harder on the business front. And then what's interesting, and it's so weird to even say this, but like, 29, I would say 2019 up to 2021 were the easier years of my business. And that's ironic given what was going on in the world right at the time. But some of the hardest years in terms of my life, because I had my third child during a pandemic, right? Um, Having the third child just completely threw my husband and I for a loop, Um, totally different personality, different kid in every way. And I would say that life was very challenging. And now it's almost like last year was a more challenging year of business. And I started to kind of ease into having three kids. So it, it always goes in cycles and they're usually never, it's never like a perfect storm where it's like, everything feels really easy. Yeah. Never. So that, that I think never it's happened. important to note that, right. Cause I know some women feel guilty for having good times in business and being like, well, how do I enjoy them? If things are at home are hard, right. Or vice yeah. versa. And I think we just have to be used to the fact that it's going to look different in every season. Have you noticed when things in your life are not, you know, there, you're having a tough season in in the life category, the personal category, in what ways has that impacted your business in the past? Do you notice a correlation between that? Yes. I think it's very tempting for me to retreat into business and almost use it as like a crutch because things are feeling a little easier there which can be dangerous because then you're spending more time in business and less time away from the life side. I do think that I have a tendency to do that. Um, Not because business always feels easy, but because sometimes it feels like there are more things in business that I can control than I can being a mom of three boys, if that makes any sense at all. So I do find that I use it as a crutch and kind of retreat back into business if I'm not careful versus facing some of the life stuff head on. Yeah, it's so interesting uh, to learn about ourselves. My husband is a certified high-performance coach and a hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. And we don't do this all the time, but every once in a while, he will actually coach me. And we've just kind of figured out, like, how do we play husband-wife role and like how do we play this kind of coach-client role? You, you, you You have to be able to do that. Yeah, And we can do that. And he was coaching me. This was pretty recently, actually. And um, I think he was coaching me on the clarity session. And I don't remember the exact question, but he pointed something out to me and it goes along with what you just said. And he goes, you default to fixing everybody else in the business category and being super like overly available for solving everybody else's problems and solving the business problems. But you're using it kind of like using your word, like as a crutch so that you don't have to focus on yourself. Yes. Yes. And I was like, Oh my God. Uh Like 
you never like, that is so hard to be honest with that. Like I did not want my husband to tell me that I didn't want to face like, wow, he's number one, he's right. And number two, like, what am I over here doing? And then you realize you haven't really grown the way that you're capable of in the personal side. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And so that I think has led to some of my tendencies toward overworking Mm -hmm. and overextending myself in the business, because you're right. It's like, oh, well, I can support my clients and, you know, helping them solve their problems. I can support my team in solving, you know, team related problems or problems related to their role. But when it comes to, you know, for me, raising three boys, two of which have developmental delays, like that's a hard, it's not something that you can immediately fix with a coaching session. Right. So it's like, it's so easy, I think, to go back to where we're comfortable. And I do think that for a lot of women, if we're honest, that comfort and maybe even I'll use the word like validation comes easily from business, not as much from life. Like validation could come from, you know, me supporting a client and then being like, that was a great session, right? Or a team member saying like, that was amazing, you know, or thank you for that or celebrating a team win. But then when you put your mom hat on and you go out there and the kids are screaming or, you know, my, my almost two-year-old is going through a screaming phase right now, they're screaming, they're running around, they're unhappy. They don't want to eat their dinner. Like there's not a lot of glory in that. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's the most important job. Don't get me wrong, but there's not a lot of glory in the day-to-day. And I think that's where it's easy to use business as a crutch. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. So I'm actually really glad that we're, we're discussing it. Yeah. And to your point. Those of us who have a tendency to be this way, we do feel like, and it's it's more of an illusion than anything, at least in my opinion, that we have control over those things. But oh, then yeah. we don't, it's you know, illusion. do you really have control over your kid yeah. yelling? Like, do you really have control over um, or feeling like you're out of control? It's almost like feeling like you're out of control, like mm. feeling like you're out of control, even in your own mind with yes. what's going on in your own head with self-doubt or questioning yourself or um just not having clarity on things or knowing that, you know, you, you're not really raising the bar on yourself. I mean, I certainly have felt that way in the last couple of years with my health. Uh, not that I like got super sick or anything, but I used to be like a competitive athlete and then kind of let myself get out of shape. I mean, I'm skinny. So if you saw me, you'd be like, eat a hamburger. So it looks are very deceiving, but I was kind of letting myself get away with like, Oh, it's okay. Like I'm busy in my business. I don't have time for that. And then you just like get sucked right back into the business because you feel good over there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It gives you quick wins that that I don't think we even fully realize. Yeah. Right. And that's where coaching is so valuable because then you figure some of that stuff out. Totally. So in like a regular work week, like average about how many, I mean, you're a mom of three, you got a lot going on. Uh, You have a lot of responsibilities. They're moving and grooving and going in different directions. Um, average about how many hours are you working in your business a week? Probably anywhere from 25 to 26. Okay. So that's there. not a ton, right? No, like that's much not less than it used to be, but I also have a team. I also have a different schedule. Like I have a village of people behind me. So I yes. want to be really, really clear about that because it's easy to have the illusion that like, oh, she's doing it all herself. Like I had a client one time say to me, what, what do you put in your iced tea? Cause I used to drink like pure leaf iced teas, like on group coaching calls because it was around lunchtime. And she's like, what do you put in your iced tea to get it all done? And I was like, oh gosh, no, like, no, that is not what's happening. Right. And so I like to be very honest and transparent about the fact that I have help. My husband has a flexible job. 
he's self-employed as well. And so, you know, our lives look a little different, obviously, than than what other people have going on. Okay. So I've got a few questions around that that I think people will be super interested Mm -hmm. around. Hopefully I can remember both of them. So (laughs) my first question is, let's start with the support piece. Mm -hmm. So obviously none of us are able to do what we're doing in our businesses and continue uh, like growing the business and also like growing personally as well and, and, and living a, you know, a happy, joyful life. Obviously we know things happen. Yep. None of us are doing that by ourselves. Everybody has support, personal side, business side. Now, the thing that I have really recognized in myself also in others, and I'm super interested in what you have to say about this. Oftentimes bringing on that degree of support, it becomes, there's a point in your business where you really have to start developing leadership skills. And you have to learn how to be a leader of yourself, be a leader in in the home, with your family, with your kids as a mom, uh, be a leader of your team, be a leader of a company, be a leader of your clients. And a lot of us get to this stage and we're like, oh no, now I have to develop this brand new set of skills called leadership because now I have a lot of people to lead. I have this vision to lead. I have this company to lead. So could you walk through like the progression of you bringing people on for support and also how you've been able to develop your leadership skills to be able to play all those roles and not necessarily manage it all, um, but lead lead your own life, lead yourself, lead your team and your company in the direction that you want it to go. So good. I would say I'm a, I'm a work in progress when it comes to leadership. Like, I think we, let's just say we all are. <laughs> that, is, that is honestly one of the biggest growth areas for me and has been, I would say over the last two years. So the progression obviously looked like when, you know, I, I didn't hire, my first hire was a VA, a virtual assistant. I think for a lot of people that tends to be the first hire. I think it was like five hours a week or something like that, like very small, but you have to start somewhere. And so that was when I had been in business for about, mm, I want to say two years. I had some traction. I was making probably like anywhere between three to 5K a month. And so I hired a VA to do basic, you know, things for me, like social media scheduling, management, et cetera, et cetera. Um, As my business grew and I evolved, that VA is somebody who was working toward growing her own business. And so it no longer fit with where I was going, which was wanting people who were going to grow my business, right? Mm -hmm. And so I ended up hiring two people at once. It was November 2019. I was approaching the six-figure mark in my business. So like significant growth. I knew that, okay, I needed more support to be able to go beyond that. And so I hired two people. I hired a social media or marketing assistant. I think she was a marketing assistant at the time. And then I also hired like an operations assistant. So some like a coordinator, people who could kind of do behind the scenes stuff for me. Um, That the the one hire has actually continued to, to stay with me. She is now my client success manager. She has grown into that role as the business has grown. And as I've gotten better at understanding her capabilities, so I have somebody who's supporting me in my group program and supporting me with my clients. And then I also have a, I'm going to, she's, she's more of a operations coordinator, somebody who can do behind the scenes marketing operations, things like that kind of day-to-day behind the scenes stuff. And so I had to grow into that and they had to grow into their roles. I'm actually going to be hiring an operations manager coming up here soon. And so every time I hire, I, I'm always kind of like, the last to hire, like, oh, I waited too long because I thought I couldn't afford it or I thought I didn't Mm -hmm. need it. And then I realized because I have a coach, like, nope, that wasn't the case. 
So I always wish I had hired help sooner. I think that's something that if I could go back in time and like say to somebody, I would. So that's sort of how I've risen into or grown into, I'll say, um, you know, having a team. I mean, they supported me when I was out on maternity leave with my um, youngest who I had during, during the pandemic. Um, and I would say that my leadership skills as the team has grown in size, but also as they have grown um, just in their own roles, like it has required me not just delegating more and delegating tasks, but delegating overall strategy and letting mm-hmm. them manage it and letting them fail, like letting them take risks and fail, which is very hard when you have built a business that quite frankly is another child. Like I don't have three kids. I have four kids. My business is one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the most challenging part for me. I think it continues to be challenging as I, you know, work towards seven figures, which is my next goal, but I have to let them do it because if I don't, then I'm going to have a year like I had in 2020, where it was an amazing, phenomenal business year, but I was miserable. I was working all the time. I was serving clients one-on-one and I had way too big of a one-on-one client roster. I was on calls all the time. I wasn't seeing my family. That stuff was no longer okay with me. And so I think there comes a point where you are maybe like begrudgingly forced into the leadership role because you have to, otherwise, what choice do you have? And then from then on, like I've hired in other areas, like having a bookkeeper, podcast manager, et cetera, et cetera. And then even on a personal front, like sending my kids to a private school that gives us more time, like a better, you know, better schedule for the family, hiring a nanny, like hiring somebody to, you know, come clean our home. Like those are all things that I've had to grow into. And it all required this one thought, which was what would I do if I were already making the amount of money that I wanted to make, or I were already at the level that I wanted to be at. So getting to six figures, like what would six figure version of Michelle do? This is something that I talked about at length with my coach. What would she do? Like, would she hire somebody to come clean the house? Would she hire a babysitter? Yeah, probably. Right. Like what would seven figure Michelle do? Like, those are the decisions that I'm making now. And I think those are good decisions to make when it comes to investing and hiring, but also like, how would she lead? Right. Mm -hmm. Like how would she manage the people that she is responsible for? Yeah. Okay. So for a lot of people hiring, and I love the team conversation. I love it. Yeah. yeah. We talk to our clients a lot about leadership and team because you can only get so far without it. Yep. And the financial piece is really scary. So yep. my, other, my other question is, you know, one of the things that we see happening is people will start hiring team and then for whatever reason, their revenue starts to drop. And then they have these like freak out months where they're like, I need to pull back on who I'm paying to help me in my business. And that is, that's also not anything anybody needs to be shameful around because we've all, I have experienced 2021 was my entire year where I made less money than I did the year prior and had an entire year of slow growth with the sole purpose of thinking long-term. And I do think it should be talked about more. It happens. It is so, I just got the chills because you said that it's so normal. It's so normal. Like it's, that is also business. And if you study like any real business that exists, not every season is going to be a growth season. Not every year is going to be a growth year. You, you might actually have launches, months, quarters, years that are lower than the previous and that's okay. So actually let's, okay. I'm going to ask you a different question because you shared (laughs) that piece of information with me. Uh (laughs) I've, I've experienced that as well. 
right? Yeah. So let's just like air that. You and I both have experienced that. We're bringing it all very openly it. about it. We're yeah. bringing it real in the podcast yeah. today. No, let's do it. People need to hear it. Yeah. How did you navigate your own like internal thoughts around that? Of do I is anybody gonna listen? Like, I'd love to hear like what thoughts were going through your head. Like, because I know what mine were. Yeah. I want to hear that. I want to hear yeah. you have to keep going, right? You have to have yes. hope, you have to have faith, you have to have a long-term vision, yes. which means you have to bounce back from a setback, right? And oftentimes a setback is a setup for what is gonna come next. How did you navigate that entire season in your business and life? Yeah. So, um, it, it, 2020 again was a fantastic year. And so I, I think I knew that 2021 was going to be different. I went into it, not being necessarily shocked by that because I knew that I had to slow down. I knew that I needed to put more systems into place to hire more people, et cetera, et cetera, because I didn't want to keep going at the pace that I was going at. That being said, I don't think I realized how much I would have to manage my mind and thoughts because pretty much regularly. And when I say regularly, maybe not every day, but close to it, I had a thought of I'm moving backwards in my business. That was one like, you know, prevalent thought that kept coming up for me was I'm moving backwards. I'm moving further away from my goal. I think there was another thought of like, I'm, I don't know if, if the word outdated like comes to mind, but just like, mm-hmm. I've had my heyday. People don't care anymore. Like I'm laughing as I'm saying this because I know that that's not true. But in the time it felt very, very true, very, very true for an entire year, 12 mm-hmm. months. I had slow growth, like 12 months. I just want everybody to hear that, that it's, you know, we're not talking about like an entire week, right? We're talking about an entire year. I and wish so- I had known you last year because that's what mine was like. I know. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, okay, um, I'm moving backwards. I've, I've, I've hit my ceiling. It's all downhill from here. Like there were extreme thoughts and things, oh, yeah. up. any variation of that shame, mm-hmm. guilt, embarrassment, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And while I didn't share it in the moment, I did share some of it at the end of last year with my audience. And it was very inspiring for them. And I keep trying to remember, like, people need to hear this story, right? There's nothing to be ashamed of. To your point, it's normal. But I'm like, what's wrong with me? What am I missing? Right? And so um, I had to, I had to have hope. I had to go back to the long term vision of what I was building and why I was building it. And having that, you know, seven figure business, but more than the money, like prioritizing impact and and how many women I wanted to impact through, you know, group program and and through the different structure of my business, like my business model changed, right? Um, You know, everything changed. And so for me, it was like, I have to delegate to my team, I have to hire more, therefore, that's going to cut into some of the profit. And those were all decisions that I didn't want to make in the moment, but I made because I believed in the longer, long-term vision more than I wanted to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I had to believe in it more than I wanted to be comfortable and just keep going because prior to 2021, for those four years from 2017 to, you know, end of 2020, so four straight years in business, I doubled my revenue every year. Mm-hmm. So I was used to just going at a really, you know, big pace, have had an explosion yep. of growth. And I was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. what happened? And that was the thing that I had to keep managing my mind around. I also had to have discipline, discipline to keep moving. Yes. Hope. Yes. Belief in the long-term vision, mm-hmm. but discipline to keep going and to be willing to be uncomfortable for that amount of time. And I think a lot of women don't have that. They're, they're not okay. willing to do that or they're not willing to be disciplined about doing it. 
And if you're not, then you're not going to be able to see what comes on the other side, which so far this year at the time that we're recording this already insane growth. Yeah. But none of that would have happened if I didn't have 2021, if I didn't have that year of challenges, a year where I doubted what I was doing, where I had trouble believing in myself, where I questioned everything. Like if I didn't have all of that, they wouldn't have set me up to your point for what was to come after. Yeah. What did you have to get clear on last year? I had, I had to get clear on um, a couple of things. Number one, like the role that I wanted my group program to play. I wanted it to be my signature main program. And I, I hadn't really treated it that way prior. And so that meant slowing down and making sure I was clear on what we were doing in the group program, the framework, and how I was going to serve larger numbers of women. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, what team do I need in place to support me with that? What do the roles need to be? So all of that was stuff that I had to evaluate. And then what are the systems that we need? Like, where are the breakdowns? Where am I spending way too much of my time? So that that was all stuff that like isn't an easy fix. It's not like you can like figure it out in one day and then suddenly be on your way. I had to spend time kind of not redoing things, but looking at everything that I was doing in the, the different aspects of the business and say, like, is this supporting the vision, right, that I'm working toward? And fortunately, I had coaches, I had people supporting me through that. So it's not like I was alone, but mm-hmm. it felt lonely because so few people are talking about it. And therefore, mm-hmm. it felt like I was the only one. What did you go through personally? I know for me, it's been, yeah, it's been like exactly what you just said around the business pieces and certain things have to be updated and upgraded and decisions have to be made if we're going to continue to move forward at a, at a growth trajectory. Also, it was, it was a very personal experience for me and a personal development and growth experience for me and some areas I had to really get honest with myself, just like me as a human being and a lot of insecurities came up. What were some of the things that came up for you personally that you use that time to really grow and develop? I think what came up for me personally was this question of, does my business feel safe? Like, do I, do I believe that my business, that, that, that my business will always provide? And if not, why? So I think there was this concept of safety and self-trust. Like, do I believe that I will always figure it out? And almost feeling like the things that I've built so far, like, were they just going to crumble? And so that, that forced me to face, I think, just on a, on a personal and professional level, like, where's the trust and where's the breakdown of trust? I think it also forced me and challenged me, and it feels kind of weird to say this, but challenged me to get comfortable, like letting business go in some areas and focusing more on my family, which I hadn't done the year prior. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think really like forcing myself to be in the moment with the kids, to be in the moment with my husband, which was something that I had had a lot of challenges doing, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. again, going back to like our conversation about the default mode. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of trust, safety, and probably like staying rooted in the present moment. Those were all kind of themes for the things that I dealt with. Yeah. So you know, obviously you are really growing now in the first three and a half half months of the year, you're working 25 ish hours a week. So it sounds like you have figured out how to really integrate being present in life, being present in business, and both are really growing. So what have you learned in the last three and a half months about what's really, what's actually possible that your mind wasn't even letting you see last year? Yeah. And, and even though I'm growing and things are great, like there's, I mean, even earlier this week, I had an issue where I wasn't trusting my team to do something. And so like that trust piece was coming up, not necessarily with me, but with the team. 
But what I've realized is I am the security in my business in the sense that not that everything revolves around me because it can't, but I will always figure it out. Truly. And I think last year taught me that. Like I will always figure it out and figuring it out doesn't look like me doing it all, right? A lot of times that does mean like I am supporting my team and kind of coaching them. But I think looking at like having more peace and calm in my business has been something that I've had at the beginning of this year that I didn't have last year. Um, Also just really owning like one area, like one thing that I am really good at, which is Facebook groups. I resisted that for a long time because it, for a lot of reasons, but because I felt like I wasn't, you know, it was too basic. People wouldn't hire me Mm -hmm. for just that, like all of that, right? I had a lot of stories around that. And so last year I really went all in on that and I'm now seeing the fruits of that. And so understanding what simplicity means and really focusing on fewer things and setting fewer goals, like that's actually been a big part of what's propelled us this year so far Mm -hmm. and getting the entire team on board versus me sort of being over here. Like I've got, you know, I I know what I need to do and I'm just going to tell them what to do. Like having them involved in decisions, like just two weeks ago, um, you know, we hosted a team retreat. So I flew my team members out and we actually had a retreat together where we were able to kind of go through like, where's the business going? What's that million dollar vision? And like really thinking ahead, thinking more long-term than I've ever done before. Like that's also been a really big factor for this year too. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I love it. I gosh, I've, I've literally had like almost an identical last. That makes me feel good. What, 12, <laughs> it's nice 15, to know you're not alone. <laughs> 15 months. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I've had a few of behind closed doors conversations um, yeah. Yeah. because just like you, I, I wrote a, a post about this. It was last year towards the end of the year, uh, because just like you, I started talking about this more publicly to my own audience at the end of last year. And I wrote a post about how I had basically suffered in silence because when you're in that headspace, you, you truly do believe nobody else is going through that, that nobody's going to get it. All your peers are like passing you by. Nobody's going to understand it. Nobody has time for you. And then I started having some, I mean, not that I wasn't having one-on-one conversations with people, but I started, we started bringing that up in conversations, just like in connection calls or like, Hey, we haven't talked in, you know, four months. Let's, let's have a catch-up call. And I'm finding out some of my colleagues and peers, some like even further along than I am saying they were going through the same thing. And I was like, what? I was like, why have, why did you not tell me? And I'm really glad that you did because now I'm going to tell you what I've been going through. And it was like every single time I was having one of those conversations in the last, like, this is very fresh and new, like in the last few months, it would just make you feel like I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. Yes. This is a normal thing that happens probably honestly more than once in the, in your, you know, if your business is going to be around for decades, it's going to happen again. And just hearing how other people were navigating it. And what they are experiencing, like just hearing you say, like, what were the thoughts that were going through your head at that time? I had some, some of the similar ones as you, and I also didn't have some of the ones you were having, but like super similar. Um, yeah, it just lets you know that you're not crazy and it gives you hope because we're all figuring it out. And you know that other, you may not be figuring out together, but you know, other people are figuring out at the same time. And if they can do it, I can do it too. I can figure that out too. So true. You're in this growth spurt. You are um, integrating life and business in the way that you really want to right now. 
you are present in the way that you want to be in personal life, family life, and business life, right? Like lots of improvement from last year. You're only working 26 hours a week. Yes. What exactly are you prioritizing? Like you as a CEO, what are you prioritizing? What are you showing up for in those 26 hours a week that is moving the business forward and moving the needle forward and helping you get closer to that million dollar goal? Pouring into my team, hands down, coaching them to be better in their roles and to grow and to take more risks, which is so different than being the one to like figure things out. It doesn't mean I still don't try to take back like old hats <laughs> and put them on and then be like, nope, that's not the hat you need to wear anymore. Right. Um, that is definitely probably my main goal. I would say second to that would be just continuing to evaluate like how our clients are doing and how we're supporting our clients and how we can help them get even better results. One of the challenges I have, and I was just talking with my coach about this yesterday is because I know marketing so well, it's so easy for me to want to take back that hat and to want to, you know, like analyze the marketing, analyze how our group is performing, right? Like in the last week we saw a dip in engagement, which is not a big deal. It it happens and fluctuates, but I found myself going back into like, oh, do I need to like do something about that? And I'm like, nope, you have a team. You've got to guide the team. And so I do have a tendency to kind of try to take back the stuff that I'm comfortable with, the areas that I'm already naturally skilled in. Um, and that that will be probably my continuing challenge throughout this year is to how can I coach my clients or I'm sorry, my team, well, my clients too, but how can I coach my team through this and support them and lift them up and elevate you know, the entire team? Because that's what's going to drive the business forward. And it's also meant realizing that I'm not the best person to do all the marketing. I'm not the Mm -hmm. best person to do certain things in my business anymore because I'm too close to it. Somebody else is, right? And being willing to do that. I think hiring an operations manager will be huge for us. Somebody who can be kind of that, that, that person who can support me, like managing everything across, you know, all departments. I, I don't have that right now. And I do see a really big kind of gap that I think will be helpful but it's got to be my leadership and team. And it's the area that I probably feel, I'm not going to say the least equipped to do, but I don't feel like I'm always the best leader, right? Like I can be very hard on myself. And so it's easier to go with the stuff that feels comfortable than to really focus on being the leader, coaching myself, coaching my team and stepping back truly because they're stepping back and they're stepping back right? Like they're stepping back and like still getting your hands in there. And then they're stepping back and having your team test and refine your team report back to you. And that's something that I know is going to move the needle this year. Yeah. I love that. So my final question is -hmm. around Facebook groups. So let's do it. I grew my entire business in a Facebook group, my my second business. Uh, My second business started in January of 2017. I, um, had a business before I worked for one of my mentors who had a massive coaching company, came back, started my own thing in January of 2017. I grew my entire business in Facebook group. It's changed, right? Like Facebook has changed and Facebook has changed very recently. You and I both here, one of the conversations that have been circulating out there for quite some time is this whole thing around engagement and people aren't seeing my stuff. People aren't engaging like they used to. Everybody's default is what's wrong with me. People don't like me. Do Facebook groups really work? Can I still do my launches inside my Facebook group? Your business, your business is literally built around teaching people how to grow their business through Mm -hmm. Facebook groups. Obviously Mm -hmm. you do other things around that, but that's like kind of the main thing. Yeah. So pour some truth onto this conversation (laughs) around (laughs) 
Well, let's hear this. Where yeah. are Facebook groups headed? If you're going to give like a projection, where where's it headed? Because a lot of people, just like me and you, we built inside of a, a Facebook group. Yeah. I hear all the time, like, our group's dead. Um, isn't, you know, you can't like get your stuff seen. Like people are asking that question all the time. And I always find it kind of funny. I understand why they're asking the question, but I always find it kind of funny that we're like placing so much emphasis on a platform, like a platform can like kill off your business. Um, people are saying this by the way, on Instagram, like I have to do reels or my stuff doesn't get seen. I don't know what's going on in the TikTok world. I have not ventured in there. I don't know that I ever will, but, um, never say never, but like, I'm sure people are saying stuff there too. I think that's kind of just across the board. It's not a Facebook yeah. specific thing, but I think it comes up more with Facebook is just how do I get seen? Right. And listen, like, let's, let's be real about this. There's an influx of people online. So of course there's going to be more competition for eyeballs. It doesn't mean you can't be seen though. I think it means, and what it requires is for us to put ourselves in the shoes of our audience and let go of our own agenda. So what do they want to hear, right? I think it challenges us. In, and I said this to my clients recently, it challenges those of us with groups to consider what content we're putting out and to be really, really intentional about it, right? Like even, you know, with the, the we've seen a dip in our engagement in the last week, right? And, and again, we, we see that at certain points throughout the year, there'll be dips. Hmm. And so we don't, we don't overreact. We don't change anything about it. We just say, okay, like, what can we share? Like what's within our control, right? What would help boost some of that engagement? And if you can look at it from the perspective of your members, right? And your audience, then I think that really challenges you. It challenges you to think about, you know, just being more intentional about what you're putting out there. Where I think Facebook groups are going, I don't think they're going away. Listen, people love to say, oh, Facebook's going away. Um, I laughed when when they had that outage. What was that? Oh, yeah. It was a little while ago. You know what outage I'm yeah. about. Um, I mean, it was a pretty, you know, significant outage, but everybody, as soon as it was back on, went back on to complain about Facebook going away. And I'm like, you all are just proving the point that Facebook is so ingrained in our daily life. I don't think it's going anywhere. I really, really, truly don't. Um, I think that groups are something that Facebook continues to prioritize, like content in groups is seen higher in the algorithm. And that's because people want to be in community. Yeah. Listen, say what you will about Facebook. Let's let's compare it to TikTok for a second because everybody's talking about TikTok, right? How do you build a community on TikTok where people feel seen and heard and safe to talk? I don't know that that exists on any other platform besides Facebook. And until it does, truly, Facebook groups are not going anywhere. And if they did, right? If they did, the skills that I'm teaching my clients, the skills that you and I have learned when it comes to building relationships, building a community, talking to that community, right? Those are all skills that will serve you on any other platform because there will always be a Facebook, meaning there will always be a need for people to be in community with one another. Yep. It's a basic human need and it's not going anywhere. And if anything, the last two and a half years have taught us that people want to be in connection, that people crave it. And I think a lot of people have felt very lonely. And that to me is the exciting part of running a Facebook group. Now, when you are doing something like I've had my group for four years, when you're doing something over that period of time, you can expect that it's going to change. It's not going to stay forever um, or the same way forever. The algorithm's going to change. Like all of those things are normal parts of being on social and marketing organically. Yeah. Even if you're marketing using ads, right? Like that's changed. And so we have to adapt with it. We can't just sit there and say, these things are happening to me. Woe is me. There's nothing I can do. 
when you run a business, just like with anything, you have to adapt. And I think that goes for Facebook groups as much as any other part of business. Well, you know, that gets into an entire leadership conversation. I'm like this, I could go so many places. I know (laughs) Facebook groups. Okay. It's a community. A community is a living, breathing organism. Yep. Anything that's living and breathing changes, evolves, grows, adapts, fluctuates, changes. We change. All those things happen, right? I was a high school <laughs> yeah. teacher before. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I had three different classes a day for a semester and those same students. So three completely different types of, even though I was teaching the same thing, like each group was like its own personality and its own kind of thing. And then second semester, I'd have three different groups of kids who would come in that I, they were completely different. And then year after year after year, and I only taught in the classroom for five years in my twenties, but kids changed. And they would change throughout a semester and you would have to, you would have to learn their personality and their learning styles and their processing styles and what was going on at home and what was going on in their life and what was going on in sports and what was going on. Like all these factors were impacting the way they were showing up, engaging, operating, treating you. And you're exactly right in that the minute that we make it about other people instead of making about us, it completely shifts your perspective, which then opens up an entire doorway of new ideas and opportunities and concepts and approaches to, again, leading a community of people. They're not going to lead themselves. That's for sure. And let me tell you, as a former high school teacher, adults are no different than children. No, gosh, no, the same. No, no different at all. Yeah. And, and I, something else you mentioned, like about the fluctuation, and I want to say this because a lot of people aren't talking about this piece when it comes to groups and engagement. And I'm not sure what you've seen with your group, but when you're, when you've had a group for a while or your group has grown in number, you can actually, in some cases, expect to see engagement decrease. Why is that? Well, because people who've been, so for example, I've had my group for four years, people who joined four years ago, like a lot of them are probably not, the content's not relevant anymore. Either they're no longer in business or because I've shifted over the years and evolved as we all do, it's just not a good fit anymore. And so either they leave the group, which in some cases they do, or they stay in, but they just don't engage, right? And so you can expect fluctuation. Now, yes, you need fresh people coming in, but as your group gets bigger, and this is what like the big, big groups, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people won't tell you, their engagement rates usually drop. I have some clients who have smaller groups, like 300 people who have a higher engagement rate than I do. And it always blows their mind when we find that out. But I'm like, that makes sense if you think about people, right? I think also we have a tendency to overanalyze and we have to look at like, if I reach just one person from my content, like, will that have been worth it? If it's not worth it for one person, then it's not worth it for, you know, hundreds of people. And so, um, believe me, like I need this, you know, gut check as much as anybody else, just because I do it and I teach it doesn't mean like I'm perfect. And I never face those times where I'm like, Oh, the group has changed a little bit or oh, people's consumption habits have changed. Right. Like, yeah. Would it be great if everything stayed the same all the time? Maybe, but it wouldn't teach us anything and it wouldn't challenge us. Exactly. Exactly. Michelle. We just like, we need to like teach a masterclass on all (laughs) of this stuff. Oh my God. Unlike the, just the realness of what actually goes on behind the scenes. This has been such a joy to have this conversation with you. Thank Uh, you. Just by the way, anybody listening to this, uh, Michelle and I did not know each other before we just met to record this. So 
I mean, again, like you can't script this stuff. Right. And I just think that's, that's actually really cool that we did not, I mean, we, I, I have heard your name before, but we have never spoken before this conversation. And to know that two people kind of in this entrepreneurial world experienced almost the exact same thing at the exact same time, that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, so that was just like, divi- that was like divine. divine, divine, divine. Um, okay. yes. yeah. I hope this was so valuable to everybody listening. Um, if you loved this conversation, let us know. Um, let Michelle or I know like what you yeah. took from this. Like we just need to be having it so much more. So Michelle, uh, if people are interested in tell it, well, tell us who your ideal client is. Tell us a little bit about your programs. Obviously you have a Facebook group. How can people become part of your world? Yeah, absolutely. So I serve women who are service providers. Not all of them are coaches. Many of them are, you know, website designers, Facebook ads managers, branding. We have, um, you know, women who serve consumers, right? Many moms who serve other moms, um, but they're service providers and they are women who love service. They love, they love supporting people and they want to make a name for themselves online. Maybe they have a group. Maybe they've been thinking about starting a group. They want to move away from just relying on referrals and be bringing in consistent revenue like in their own community. And so those are the women that I tend to serve who are super good at what they do. They just need more clients, right? Like their clients love them. They are amazing at their craft. Um, and so those are the women I love supporting. I support them inside of the Dream Client Accelerator, which is my signature group coaching program. It's all about getting to a 10K month using your Facebook group. There are a lot of ways to make money in business. This is the way that I've chosen. It doesn't mean it's the only way, but if you are marketing on Facebook, I do believe that a group is necessary, not optional anymore. And so um, that's what I do to support my clients. If you have loved this conversation and you want more of the, to your point, like real raw behind the scenes of running a multiple six-figure business with kids, that's what I talk about inside of Market Like a Boss, which is my Facebook group. We have, I think it's like close to 7,000 women in there. Amazing, amazing women. Um, so you'll totally be supported and it's just a place where we can come kind of be real, talk about what's going on in business and sort of unload. Um, but at the same time be challenged. Right. And so that's the community that I've created. It's where I'm going. I'm going to be really focused in the future on helping women step into the role of a provider, um, not just in business, but in life. And that's something that I anticipate having more conversations around. So we'd love to have you join if that speaks to you. Amazing. All those links are in the show notes below. So you can click that and go join Michelle's community. Thank you so much for such a candid, just honest, really transparent conversation. I've loved this today. I know our listeners have too. Yes, I have too. Thank you for your honesty as well. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.